Blog Talk Radio. The following broadcast is brought to you by the iGolf Sports Network. Golf Talk Live is sponsored by the iGolf Sports Network and Golf Hits Magazine. Here's Andrew to tell you more about our sponsors. iGolf Sports is a live stream broadcast and media production company providing quality programming designed to attract the golfing enthusiast. And Golf Tips, the game's most in-depth instruction magazine, including reviews on the latest equipment, tips from top teaching professionals, all designed to help you improve from tee to green. Welcome to Golf Talk Live with your host, Ted Odorico. Join Ted each week as he speaks with some of the best in golf. Sit back, relax, and listen to tonight's show. Let's join our host, Ted Odorico, as he introduces tonight's special guest. All right, good evening, everybody, and once again, welcome to Golf Talk Live, and thank you very much for joining us this lovely, warm, actually, it's a little cooler Thursday evening here in Florida uh, we've actually uh, gotten rid of some of the humidity for a day or two, so I'm looking forward to enjoying uh, some good weather this weekend. And uh, the rain doesn't seem to be in the forecast for a few days, so touch wood, we'll see what happens. But uh, I want to thank you for, again, joining this really special edition of Golf Talk Live. Uh, normally, as you uh, didn't hear in the introduction, uh, we're not going to have Coach's Corner. The guys are on a bit of a break uh, this week. So I'm just joined by a very special guest, and as we were just talking about off-air uh, she was actually my very first guest uh, nine years ago on Golf Talk Live when I started this broadcast, and uh, she's, I think, pretty much been on at least once every year since then, so this, I think, will be number nine uh, that uh, keeping in pace. So I'm very, very excited. Let me tell you a little bit about her, and then I'll be- get her to, uh, to join me, and we'll uh, begin tonight's show. Uh, of course, I'm talking about Nicole Weller. She is a Class A member of both the PGA of America and the LPGA's Teaching and Club Professionals Division. Uh, She's also a U.S. Kids Golf and Spirit of Golf certified, uh, has attended TPI and TPI Junior, served on two PJ National Youth Player Development Committees, one LPJ Education Committee, and one PJ Special National Awards Committee. She's also been a presenter at the PJ National Youth and Family Summits uh, and the LPJ National Teaching Summit, as well as PJ sections around the country. And currently, uh, she is serves as the at the Pinehurst Resort as a Pinehurst Golf Academy instructor. So please welcome uh, my very special guest, Nicole Weller. Good evening, Nicole. Welcome. Hello, Ted. Thank you. I can't believe it's been nine years. That's awesome. Congrats. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a long time. And, and it's kind of funny, too, because, you know, as I was just telling you before we went live, um, you were the very first guest, of course, when I first started the broadcast, I reached out to a lot of different professionals, and uh, you answered the call very quickly, and I thought, okay, yeah, this is going to be fun. We'll see how, how the show is going to go, and, and we'll start things off, and you've always been a great guest, and I always enjoy having you on, and um, as I said, I think you've been on, uh, usually every season you come on at some point, usually a little bit earlier, I think, in a season than, than this particular mm-hmm. time, but um, uh, always have you on, and of course others have joined you in the past as well, but uh, always a lot of fun, and we're going to have a great show tonight. And I purposely didn't um, mention the fact of really what we're going to talk about tonight, because I really wanted you to sort of open the door for that, but you uh, have released or are in the process of releasing a another book, a children's book, uh, 
revolving around golf. And I want you to tell us just a little bit, just give us an overview, and then we'll get into some more specifics. Sure thing. So um, it's been a really a cool delve into the world of being an author. Um, and my first book came out in 2011, and just this year launched uh, Big Thoughts from Little Golfers. So it's actually a collection of social media posts that I have put out over the years, and I've had so many requests for people to go, hey, put, can you put these in a book? It would be perfect. So the book actually is about memorable quotes that I've heard during golf lessons, just the things that kids say, and it is just it's heartwarming. It's fun. Some of them are just point out blatantly right on. But it's a book really for mm-hmm. parents, grandparents, coaches, golf enthusiasts who just really like to hear, um, you know, what, what the funny things that kids have said. But also I've tied in tips for parents, adults, grandparents uh, at the beginning of each chapter on how to work with a child on putting or chipping or swing or taking them on the course or uh, just getting into the, the social part of the game. So it's kind of a mix of fun quotes and um, broken into different sections and then also some tips on being a really uh, effective, I guess, um, you know, like a model, role model for kids in an age-appropriate way. So working with a three-year-old based on how a three-year-old learns, um, not giving it like an adult-style mm-hmm. spin on it. Hopefully it'll be a lot of fun. I've had a lot of good comments from people who've read it. Well, and, and I think what's important, too, to, to sort of uh, put out there as well, um, and, you, and you really, you know, touched on it very well here, and, and that is, you know, I think as instructors, you know, we, we have to remember when we're working with, with youngsters, especially, you know, three, four, five years old, uh, and even a little bit older than that, we're not really getting into the hardcore fundamentals of the game and things like that. It's an, it's an entirely different approach. And I think what's really unique about your approach to the game I mean, obviously, you you can teach at all skill levels, but I I think you've really been a leader in working with a lot of the youngsters and and getting them introduced to the game. Because, again, it's not just about learning to play the game, but it's about, you know, social interaction, having fun, and that sort of thing. And these books are really a good resource. Uh, And as you mentioned, you uh, had one, your first one, I think, was back in 2011. It's called Let's Play Golf. And then you came up Mm -hmm. with another one in 2014 called Match Play Golf Flashcards. Uh, and then, of course, this one, Big Thoughts from uh, Little Golfers, which is, again, some memorable quotes in that and, and some youthful golf lessons uh, from social media. So when you're putting these together, um, and, and, and particularly your, your current book in that, what's the thought process that goes in here? What are you initially trying to um, say in the book? I mean, obviously, there are quotes and things like that, but what is the message that you're really trying to convey, uh, particularly to parents out there? I think one of my, you know, one of my goals was I started putting it together during COVID last year, and I'm like, you know, people need some some good stories. They need some things that are heartwarming um, and just some, mm-hmm. some lightness. So I think that was one of the goals um, was to bring some smiles to people's faces, but also to remind them that, you know, kids listen. They are very uh, sometimes point blank in their responses, and they are very truthful uh, in some of their, their responses. Like one of the quotes in there was about, uh, a little boy who saw me with my hat off, and he said, you need to put your hat on. You look gooder. And I'm like, okay. And so just the funny things that come out of their mouth is um, it, it actually can help your golf game too. So um, I think it was, you know, basically to give them a good chance to give people a little smile time, um, but also reminders on how to work with the kids. And um, uh, at that age, I think as adults, it's been a, a long time since we've been three, four, five, or six years old. And we kind of take on the right. adult mentality of let me help, let me show you how to do it, 
Um, and here's because of here's how I learned how to do it. And I think it is so important to give a child a chance to explore different ways to do it and then maybe doing some modeling and giving them the opportunity to learn. And I think we tend to squish kids out of childhood too early um, by showing him mm -hmm. this is how you do it, this is how you have to do it. You know, your grip's not yep. right at age two. You need to switch your hands and do it the right way. And so, you know, mm -hmm. I will do some modeling, but, you know, after a couple of swings, if it's a reverse grip for a while, then great. Main goal is for them to have fun. And our definition of fun as a 30, 40, 50, 60 year old is going to be way different than a three year old's definition of fun. So hopefully some of those reminders and you know, will help people. Yeah, and, and it's important because, you know, um, I've had you on the show before, as I mentioned, and one of the things that we did one of the last times you were on here, we had a group of, of parents, of course, that uh, have youngsters and at various different ages that play in the game. And it is a different approach. And I think it's important. I mean, you know, we would all, for those that have children, would love to have their child be the next, you know, latest and greatest uh, player out on tour. Um, but that really is dependent on upon them. And I think also, as you said, you know, if you get too um, pushy very early on, then the child ends up having a negative uh, reaction um, because it's, it becomes complicated. It's, it's, it's no longer fun, as you put it. And they're more apt to drop out and not want to continue with the process because they're, they're confused by the, the messaging because, you know, they're mm -hmm. saying, okay, I want to learn to play this game. It looks fun. It looks interesting but it's too complicated. And for a two or three year old, mm -hmm. they're just not going to understand. So that's really what you're trying to say is let's find a way of introducing them to something, um, but not get so technical until it becomes appropriate to get a little bit more advanced. Is that pretty accurate? That is. And when you think about when kids, um, you know, kids brains um, become better adapt to being rational. Their brains don't develop to understand that until ages 11, 12-ish, kind of in that age range. So a five-year-old is not going to be able to think in the adult terms. Who, you know, maybe a national champion at age five is trying to do a full-blown pre-shot routine, um, you know, a textbook like a robot, um, because that's what they were told to do. But, you know, it has to have some meaning, and it has to serve them well, and it has to be fun. So, yeah, definitely um, kids, kids fun. Yeah, and, and, and again, it, really, not even just kids, adults too. I think we forget sometimes to have fun. As you said, we get so caught up in our day-to-day -day lives and you know, we forget what it's like to look at the world through a child's eyes. And mm -hmm. so a lot of times when we're out there, you know, we're thinking about, well, is this looking right? Is this, you know, if I got the, the, you know, my backswing in the correct position? And, and um, a, a lot of times we forget to just, hey, we're out here to have fun, enjoy the day. It's a beautiful day today, and let's just get out there and, and hit some great golf shots. And if we hit some bad ones, that's okay, too. Uh, it's about mm -hmm. really having fun. <coughs> and, excuse me. And that's really what, you know, you're trying to instill with working with some of these youngsters. So tell us a little bit more about the book itself. I mean, how long did it take? You said you started it last year. Uh, obviously, during COVID, we had a little bit more time uh, earlier on, particularly to, to do other things. Um, and I know you've been busy, obviously, with golf and that as well. But how long did it take you to sort of put things together? And what was the rationale in, in putting in what you did in the book as opposed to doing something different? Why did you want to get specifically into some of the social media quotes and things like that? What was it about that uh, that particularly appealed to you? Well, I think, um, you know, my quote of the days, and I, I may have, you know, one a day for a while, or I may have a couple for the week, um, but the, the quote of the days 
just uh, kind of pop out, and they've always been in my mind, and people mentioning you, I need to do something more with this. And so I just thought last year, you know, when everybody was hunkered down for a while, it's, it's time for some of this to come out. So I started going through and compiling, and I went back through maybe 2015 on my Facebook pages, and, and I gathered them up together, and I was trying to weed them out, and I actually had a couple people, including my husband, look through and go, if we had to weed some of these out, which ones would they be? And I ended up putting most of them in, and so it, I just, it was hard to turn some of them away. But um, I ended up grouping them into different um, or like uh, topics like chipping or full swing or on course or even some about job aspirations and food and animals. And so just the, the fun things that they've said. Um, and I ended up uh, finding Gatekeeper Press. Really enjoyed them. I wish I'd had them around for my first book, but um, they really helped as like a a la carte type uh, publisher helped me put the book together and whatever I needed. If it was distribution, I could sign up for that. If it was the cover page, I could sign up for that. So it was a really cool process, definitely easier this time around and um, mm -hmm. learned a lot. And I was able to import a lot of the um, the um, illustrations from Jennifer, who did my first books. I was able to, to uh, use some of those. They fit in there perfectly, found some other graphics, and, um, and away we went. So started last last uh, summer, early spring, you know, like spring, early summer, and then went through the year and, and worked with the publishing and ended up um, having it come out, um, was about ready in February, March-ish, and then started a soft opening mm -hmm. in June. So it was a good year-long process. Yeah, and, and it takes a lot. You know, people don't realize what goes into that um, that process, as you said. I mean, that that's actually pretty quick because normally – for most people doing a book, but again, you know, you're, you're, you're limiting what you're putting in there and, and so forth. But what were some of the more memorable quotes um, that you recall? You, you mentioned a couple already, but what were some of the ones that really stuck out to you uh, that you wanted to make sure those had to be in? I mean, I know you said you pretty much included them all, but what were some of the more memorable ones for you? Um, you know, it's funny. I just pulled a book out here in front of me and opened to the page, and it's the exact quote I wanted. So obviously this one keeps coming up in my energy <laughs> here, but uh, it's on page eight for when you do get the book. But um, I actually have a couple of pictures in here. Most of these came from the Landings Club in Savannah, Georgia, and there's one picture. We had three trees on the range and then two, and at some point we ended up with one uh, due to storms or uh, lightning strike. But there's a picture of the single lone tree at the Deer Creek Range, and a quote says, um, seven-year-old student at a return range lesson. Hey, wow, is that a new tree? And this thing is tall and old, and it has been there forever. And it was just, just he just popped out of his mouth, right? Um, there's another one I loved. This one was probably one of my first one years ago. I think this girl is probably in college now, but six-year-old girl, when asked what she'd like to do in the lesson, she said, I think I'd like to start with putting today and then do some ironing. And I thought that was perfect. <laughs> Whoever would like to go out and do some ironing, it's perfect. So I'm trying to think. There's there's so many in here. Let me see. Oh, there's one. Of, there's one on the job aspirations. I'm looking for here quickly. Yeah, and a lot of the um, I've got you know little tips on how to work with food, and I really like helping kids learn about numbers and letters, and and they're learning. They're just starting out with things. So. Let's see if I can find one. Here's another fun one on equipment. Uh, when a four-year-old student digging around in the range basket of balls and without looking up asks, do you have any Pro V1s in here? That was, I thought, pretty good. Wow. He knows which balls to look for. 
So right. <laughs> oh, let's see. yeah. So the last one here: five-year-old golfer aspirations. Me. What kind of job do you think you'd like to do one day as an adult student? Well, either a priest or a scuba diver. <laughs> oh my God, that's a pretty good contrast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe both. You never know. Um, you never you know, know it, if scuba diving. That's right. You know, it's it's always interesting when you, you know, you, as the old saying goes, out of the mouth of babes, uh, you know, it's amazing what kids and how their perspective and how they look at the world so much differently than adults do. And, you know, it's just amazing. Imagine what they think of when they're looking at something, when they're out on the range. To them, it's, uh, you know, we, we're looking at it from, okay, what what do I have to do here? How do I have to get everything together? And they're just looking at, they're exploring, they're taking it all in. And, you know, just to go back to, to the one that referenced the tree, you know, is that a new tree? Um, you know, obviously, on one hand, they're very observant uh, to notice things. But at the other hand, uh, they blocked out the fact that there were two other trees that were gone, uh, that they didn't notice were gone. And the fact that this one, as you said, was quite large. So it's amazing when, they, when, when kids sort of put things in their own perspective, some of the stuff that they come up with. And uh, very, very interesting. I, I imagine you had a lot of fun uh, doing this book. Yes. And it was, again, hard to cut some of these quotes out. So I think some will bring a smile, some will bring a chuckle. And I had one person who said he was laughing for like a minute after one of the quotes. It was just refreshing for him. So and I, I think this will be, you know, a lot of grandparents and parents are enjoying it. So and um, uh, I, I gave it to one person going, get ready for, you know, you have almost two year old. So get ready for some of this fun stuff and we'll make a, a book two out of it. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. Um, now, it's currently available, uh, is it both in, in a hard version, and I mean, what I mean by hard is in a, in a print version, or is it just like an ebook, or is it both? It's both. It's print, it's soft cover um, and paperback, and it's also okay. on Kindle. So, yeah, and on my website, there's listed all of the areas to get it. Barnes & Noble and Amazon are for sure on there, and then also Amazon Overseas. Oh, wow. Very good. And this is not just a book, really. I mean, obviously – you know, it's something that you've you put together, uh, again, uh, about kids and, and so forth. But this is really something uh, for adults and, and obviously golf enthusiasts and families. This is something mm-hmm. that they can, uh, you know, if it's a golfing family, maybe they've got some youngsters that are learning to play the game, uh, that they can share a lot of the experiences. And maybe they might have even heard some of these quotes, um, you know, as they're reading through them uh, through their own, from their own children or something very similar. So, Uh, It can definitely be a lot of fun for everybody to dig into this as well. I also want to mention, too, um, that um, you also have uh, your other book, Let's Play Golf Now, uh, is a second edition. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes. Uh, so that one, that one, I uh, ended up going back to Gatekeeper Press and said, hey, can we can we do a second edition? I needed to update a couple things like take out uh, hat, water hazards and put in penalty areas and update some of the, the things that have changed since the rule changes and whatnot. You know, just minor little things. And then I ended up taking the stickers out of it. So I still do have first edition with the stickers. I have about 800 books mm-hmm. left and those are being sold here locally in the Pinehurst area, and I have some left. But the second edition is easy to it, – it's out there already. Um, it's in distribution on the same channel. So similar book, just updated a little bit. No stickers, but what I like about it, there's points in there. So as a child reads mm-hmm. or goes through the activities together with an adult, they can create some goals and maybe some incentives. 
and say when I get up to 20 points or 100 points or whatnot, um, you know, here, let, this, is, this is my goal. So it ha helps them with reading. You know, there's math in there with the scorecard reading, and um, it's just a, a different little version. So no stickers and just updated. And it has a new cover, which I really love, too. Ties in a lot more of the characters. Mm -hmm. And this is really for what ages? What age typically is this uh, being targeted to? Uh, you know, uh, I would say three through eight plus. So if there's a new golfer who's like nine or ten, I think it's a good basic to go through. And the reading level is probably good for elementary school, um, some basic elementary school, and then definitely early middle school. Um, but going through with a four- and five-year-old on the pictures and the points, um, so I think that would mm -hmm. be good. But, yeah, so the book is definitely like three through eight plus I would put down. Very good. Um, and uh, we're going to get to um, another uh, aspect of, of one of the other books that you did. But um, I want to bring in first because you, you we talked about this off air and I haven't mentioned anything about it yet. But uh, you've actually uh, had some songs done that are, again, more for the for the kids, but they're – very, very cute, mm -hmm. and, and you referenced the, the fact that um, they could actually be uh, a ringtone as well. So we're going to take a mm -hmm. very short break, um, and, but what I'm going to do is bef uh, as we're taking the break, I'm going to play one of these clips uh, so that our listeners can get And this is a, some songs that you can, when we come back, you can tell us a little bit about how you put them together and what the overall purpose. So the first one we're going to listen to is called The Big Shot Song. Take a listen. I want to hit a big shot, a really, really big shot. Hold the club, you're doing well. Start with Y and swing to L. Stick the finish to my swing. No good balance is the thing. Smile and my ball is through. One, two, show my shoe. Very good. Very interesting. And I love the way that... Um, it was put together. Tell us a little bit about how you came up. We've got a couple of others that we're going to play throughout uh, uh, the show, but I just wanted to play that first one to sort of lead into it and that. So tell us about the big shot. Obviously, we understand what that's about, but how did you put these together? Um, again, what was the thought process and, and uh, what was really sort of the purpose of doing these songs? So I think it started out again as fun um, over the winter, early winter of 2019, um, just kind of thinking a little bit about ways to have uh, some other vehicle to get kids engaged in, in golf and having uh, some rhymes and some fun things. One, two, show my shoe is something I've used for a long, long time. And um, so I just started writing some tunes and I had a keyboard at home and started, you know, putting some music in with it and, um, developing a couple of lyrics, and so I ended up chatting with um, a very special member at the Landings Club, uh, Shirley Newhart, and she ended up coming mm -hmm. on the project a little bit and helping out, and she is um, an amazing, amazing woman in the music world with uh, choral direction and, and playing, and so she ended up getting involved with the uh, lyrics and, and the music, and we ended up in the summer um, having some of my students uh, practice and started singing. I wanted it to be songs for kids by kids, um, targeting the mm -hmm. younger age group. So we just had students come in and did some rehearsals at the, uh, a local church, uh, did a few of those, and then went to a production studio in fall of 2019. And I'll, I'll be posting some fun pictures uh, throughout the year, but 
that was really cool. And uh, we had some other children come in and it was really neat to watch um, uh, how the production studio ended up uh, mixing everything. And uh, mm-hmm. his goal was to do something like Baby Shark. And so um, right. the way he put those two together and what he ended up mixing out with, um, in, uh, it was Dad's production in Garden City. It was really cool. So uh, just watching the kids with the headsets on and, and watching the, them uh belt out the songs was really cool. We did a lot of takes and uh, it was really neat to hear the songs come together. So um, I've heard I need to have some dances with them. So we might get, go viral with some dances. So I'll, I'll figure those out. Shirley actually came up with some good little signs, but um, we may we may add that in and see where that goes. Uh, very good. Um, definitely did a great job in, in, in piecing them together and, and um, in the editing and so forth. They sound great. Um, We're going to take a quick uh, break again from and uh, listen to one of our sponsors, and then we'll come back and play another clip of a different song and uh, get some feedback from Nicole as well. We'll be right back. This edition of Golf Talk Live is brought to you by Golf Pal, the best place to find only the finest in golf training aids and accessories. Get in on some great deals on leading products such as Down Under Board, Rough Soto, Golf Slingshot, and more. Visit GolfPal.Golf today. And don't forget to subscribe to our newsletter. Golf Pal, we're serious about your game. The following ad is sponsored by Golf Tips Magazine. Are you tired of being short off the tee? And what about those three putts? Forget about it. It's time you got serious about your game. Golf Tips, the most in-depth magazine in the industry. For over 30 years, Golf Tips has delivered expert content such as the latest golf instruction from America's top pros, Simple to follow practice and game improvement drills, fitness and mental game tips, equipment, training aids, accessory and apparel reviews, golf destinations and travel tips for every budget, and so much more. Don't miss a single issue. Go to GolfTipsMag.com and subscribe today. All right, welcome back, and I'm with my very special guest, Nicole Weller, a member of both the PGA and the LPGA. Uh, professional out at Pinehurst Resort uh, is where you'll find her. And we're just talking about her new book, uh, her latest book, that is, called Big Thoughts from Little Golfers, uh, memorable uh, quotes during youth uh, golf lessons that she put out this year. And uh, we're just talking about that. And now we've been uh, examining some of the the, uh, audio clips that she's put together of uh, some songs that – some young youngsters, if you will, that uh, she's familiar with, uh, put together. So let's take a listen, Nicole, to the second one called The Chipping Song, and then I'll get your comments on the other side. Definitely some words to live by. I think a lot of adults should listen to this uh, many times before they head out to the golf course to practice and, and work on their uh, technique. I think there's some good, good tips uh, embedded in that song. Um, again, Nicole, uh, obviously a similar story. You had some kids come in and, and uh, prepare for this and practice and put this together. Um, 
very well done. Uh, I'd like to get your thoughts on um, really the messages that you want to portray uh, through these songs. Uh, I think basic skills, very basic skills, like in the Big Shot song, we talked about the letter Y, which would be set up, and then the letter L, which would basically be for adult lingo, as the swing goes back, a hinge, the arm goes out and the club sets back and forth. So Ys and Ls, um, following through, holding balance, brushing the grass, those types of terminology that makes more sense to a three, four, five-year-old than, you know, an adult who might say, make sure you don't pick up your head. So brush the grass takes care of that. Hold, you know, show your shoe takes care of that. So just some basic terms, basic lingo, um, and, and something that's in a jingle that'll stick in their mind. And um, the putting song was the first one that I wrote. So that that's uh, certainly the, the one that I have near and dear to my heart. It's actually my ringtone. And so that's, that's a good mm-hmm. one there. But it's been fun watching the kids uh, listen to them and use them. Um, I turned them into music videos as well. So I have three of those mm-hmm. on my YouTube channel uh, to do. But they're also on my website for 99 cents or a bunch together in, a, um, in some sales packs with different books. So um, people can get them for events or, you know, listen to the music videos. Very good. Uh, and we'll listen to the putting song here in just a moment. I want to go back to, as I mentioned uh, before we took the uh, earlier break, that uh, I was going to get you to uh, talk about um, the match play uh, uh, song or uh, book as well. And I wanted to get your uh, comments on that. Uh, talk about match play flashcards. Uh, tell us a little bit about that's been updated as well, as I understand, mm-hmm. um, and has been professionally uh, printed now as well. So tell us a little bit about that. What was, uh, again, what was the thought process behind this book here? Well, the, the flashcards actually are just images from Let's Play Golf. And so what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. I, I did these a, a while back at the Landings Club. I took the pictures. Um, I printed them out at home on cardstock and laminated at home. I mean, every girl's got to have a laminator at home, right, Ted? So that's what I right. used to uh, prepare them. <laughs> I, I made them all up, learned a lot about laminating pouches. And so I, I actually produced them at home for a while. But the goal was just, again, um, while I know digital learning is cool and kids love it, I'm still really into hands-on. I want them moving. I want them acting, um, you know, around. I want them hands-on, hand-eye coordination. So I just like taking the, the cards and, A, teaching them what the concepts were. I initially started them on just pieces of paper, and the kids had to hold up who had the ball or who had the tee or who had the fairway, and then we had to make up a story with them. So then I turned those into flashcards, mm-hmm. and I, I doubled them. So after they learned the terms, then we put them on the ground upside down, and then they have to find their matching cards. So um, especially with the youngsters, we leave the cards face up once they flip them over to make it easier. But, you know, with the older right. kids, you can turn them over. And they're, they're really good at the beginning of an event or something where you have downtime to keep them busy. That's where kids get in a lot of, um, you know, a lot of uh, mischief, so to speak, when the transition periods are, <laughs> they have nothing to do. They'll, they'll find their way to do things. So it uh, gives them a great activity. Um, in fact, on my, on my website, Michelle Holmes did a really nice video of using them and Tom Wharton has some pictures of the kids using them. So um, they're basically to teach the kids about terms in golf and then uh, working on their memory. So uh, they, I, I found Smart Press, and they uh, did a great job of creating them. Uh, and I have a little bag I pop them in, and it's just it's nice to send them out. So 
very cool news. I'm actually going to be heading into the Bump and Baby store here in the village of Pinehurst, and we're doing an official launch uh, at two signings, one in November, one in December. And Catherine's going to be selling those two as a set, which is really cool. So the book and then the cards. Very good. Um, you know, you, you, you've done so many different things. And I want to talk about, I want to take a little bit of time here in, in, in a moment uh, and talk about um, really about junior golf in general and not so much from a uh, tournament uh, end of it, but just um, really some, some useful tips that can be helpful to parents. Um, and, uh, and then when we get to, towards the end, we'll wrap up again about the book and, and let the folks know where they can go to, to get their, their copies and so forth. But um, before I do that, uh, I want to play the last clip, uh, your favorite, of course, uh, the putting song. Mm-hmm. And again, we'll get your thoughts and comments uh, uh, at the end of that. Very good. Um, it makes you want to go out there and, and just try some of the things they're talking about uh, and experiment a little bit uh, in these songs. So uh, you guys did a great job in putting this together. And, 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 and again, just your, your thoughts. This was obviously uh, your favorite of the group um, and the first one that you did. But um, again, just sort of give us a little bit of an idea of really what you were trying to do here. Yeah, I think trying to convey the the image of what the the shot is and that there's going to be different terrains, putting it long and short, uphill, downhill, in between. Um, And I I love how, you know, Shirley helped me to round out the the words and and just did a wonderful job. It was so neat working with her. Um, But just just to give kids the idea of what what each shot is with some images and some basic phrases. Um, And then... uh, it did a great job at Dad's production with just adding some of the, the extra magic to it. And it's so important, too, I think, Nicole, that, you know, for kids to learn, um, you know, having something like this, whether it be the songs or the various different images that you use, because obviously, you know, we all learn differently, but kids particularly uh, are very image conscious. They're looking at images. They can relate visual cues and things like that. So I know you use a lot of them uh, in your instruction, especially early on um, mm-hmm. when you're when you're helping these youngsters to sort of develop in that. What do you find from a teaching standpoint to be some of the most effective tools that you use when you're out there with the kids? Uh, that's a really good question. And um, one note in the song, there's a little there's a little part in there about being playing heart strong, and that's a Definitely a shout out to Pia and Lynn from Vision 54. Um, mm-hmm. Love working with heart math and um, and and just working a lot with the emotional aspect and being in a good place. So I kind of wanted to also give kids an avenue in which to start working with their um, emotional side and what we call more of like um, self management. I wish that you know they would do a lot more of that in the schools. Um, how to manage emotion mm-hmm. at an early age. Um, because as we get, you know, into the world of getting everything right away, how, how do we manage ourselves? So 
that's really cool to do. Right. But as far as the, the images and things I use out there, I get a lot of comments on where I get my magic blue feet from. I call them my magic footprints. And they're basically just rubber footprints that I, I get from um, poly pads. And it actually is from a gymnastics website. So they use them on gymnastics hmm. floors to show steps and whatnot. So poly pads is really popular. And honestly, on my website, I have a resource link. So there's a whole page there on what I like using. I like something called Birdie, B-I-R-T-E-E. Mario Kaya in Canada is awesome. They're, they're easy. They're like little tiny upside-down range baskets. And it's so easy for the kids to balance a golf ball on them. And they're also wonderful mm-hmm. for adults. So those are awesome. Um, I love The Littlest Golfer by Chris Wilson, Matt Shainer. Um, I use those clubs exclusively for ages two to three. And I love the indents on the grips. So they're not like raised training grips. They're indented for the thumb. Right. And I love that. And they're so they're so mm-hmm. young um, and they're so easy to use that. But I like using trash cans and birdie ball, um, pool noodles. Um, just a lot of cones, a big parachute that I put on the ground, a play parachute for chipping. We mm, call it chocolate right. chipping. And, you know, for the two to three-year-olds, if we can get a basic ball pit ball, like a Chuck E. Cheese ball uh, or a foam ball to roll on the green, that's great. If it rolls on the parachute, great. For the four to five-year-olds, if they can pick a color on the parachute and hit onto it, that's, you know, great. So, and I do a lot of things with team points for the kids, um, not who's going to beat who at that age because competition is not great right. for youngsters, but a group team event. Like, let's see if we can get up to five points. So I'll take an adult event yeah. like, you know, putting towards a string, first person to get three points wins. This way I'll be like the whole team has to get five points and whoever gets the closest earns a point for the team. So we do a lot of things mm-hmm. like that, that the kids are, are helping out the team to win. So. There's so many things, uh, and Sammy the shark, and I could go on for a long time. <laughs> I know you've got quite the repertoire of tools uh, of the trade, if you will, and it's very interesting, and it makes it very obviously, um, ref- uh, I, I guess, refreshing and, and, and new for you because you, you do use so many different uh, tools and, and products and things that you found over the years through uh, trial and error and just references and things like that that you've. Uh, learned about over the years that have become very effective. I want to ask you a couple of questions, and this goes back to um, really something that we've talked about before, and that is sort of how do we get our youngsters involved in the game? Um, You know, because obviously kids at at two and three years old, they're not sitting around watching the Masters. Uh, I mean, they may see, uh, you know, something on TV and they're looking at it and, you know, twitching their nose or furring their brow a little bit, but they don't really understand what's going on. So from a parent's perspective, how do you go about introducing your child to the game? um, And what's the best way to go about doing that? Well, I think, you know, I was thinking of Tiger, who was apparently in the playpen watching TV, right, when he was two and just watched and started imitating that. He was entranced by that from what it looked like. But I think uh, being a good role model, which actually for some parents, it might be like, hey, well, I'm going to learn the sport too. And and that's kind of how I learned. My dad Mm -hmm. took up the game at age four and he was learning. So I just went out and I spent time with him and it wasn't necessarily hitting a ball. It was pulling his cards or chasing a frog by the pond with him or looking for golf balls. And those memories are just, those are priceless. So being in the Mm -hmm. yard with a ball, oversized ball, like a a eight or 10 inch lightweight Walmart kickball, and a club, mm-hmm. and just making up different games and you doing it and then them doing it. 
I think that's what sparks the interest, you know, and it may only be 15 seconds of interest or it may turn into 20 minutes. It is so interesting to see how kids differ in their attention span. And, um, you know, a lot of people go, how do you work with a two to three year old? They don't have the attention span. And I'm thinking, well, maybe you, they don't have the, you know, you don't have the attention span they need because they need to be moving and doing a lot of different things. And, you know, if a right. parent or a grandparent sees a child or grandchild in pre-K or kindergarten, imagine what that classroom looks like. And it's so engaging oh, yeah. for a child. There's a lot of colors. There's a lot of different things going on. I've always liked nap time, but nap time is good too. But, um, you know, the adult <laughs> world of learning is so different. So I think getting out, you know, doing some, having them do it with you um, and let them figure out their way of doing it. They don't have to be adult correct yet. It is so important to let them right. find their ways. Sometimes it drives us crazy, like, oh, I just want to fix that grip. And then I'm like, you know what? They've got so much time to do this and we'll get there. We'll get there. And we live in an age of we've got to get it done so fast. And uh, we don't want right. them to lose their childhood and their their chance to explore and I think it's really cool. I know um, Kate Tempesta, she's, you know, somebody I really look up yep. to. And now as, as a mom, she's going through watching her son go through soccer class. So now she's coming yep. at it from the mom's perspective. And, and um, you know, mm -hmm. she's always been an amazing coach in that perspective. But um, uh, it's, it's been kind of cool to watch, you know, to kind of watch and see that unfold. But, yeah. Yeah, she's been on. Uh, she was on actually with you uh, a few years back as mm -hmm. well. She's been on the show mm -hmm. a number of times, and yeah, she's great. Uh, again, also works with the, uh, a youth crowd as well, which is uh, again very important. Um, another question I want to ask you, uh, and, and again, I know you've, you've sort of mentioned this a little bit earlier on in the show, but when you're working with particularly the really young kids, um, is it important to have them in a group environment very early on? And then at what point do you, uh, as, as things progress and you see them taking a little bit more vested interest, when typically, I mean, I know nothing's carved in stone, but when typically is it okay or, you know, not an issue to start weaning them off into more one-on-one -on -one time? Yeah, that's, that's a really great question because I've, I've done a lot of both, actually. So I think the social environment is great for kids. Um, depending on a person's learning style and learning abilities, I mean, I've done individual lessons for an 18-month-old, um, you know, a two-year-old, two-and-a-half, three-year, very common for a parent or grandparent to bring them by. But it, it's playtime, and we do a lot of different things. So um, I've, I've done very well with both. So for me, I'd like to say, you know, uh, individual session, half hour, it might even be 15 minutes, but a half hour at the beginning is fine. But um, you're helping them learn and explore and doing two or three different things. So um, when I work with the two to five, I like a, a one adult per child there. So I'm actually helping mm -hmm. coach the parents um, and kind of rein them in if they start getting a little too adult with the kids because they want to help. Right. But we, I've got to sometimes go, we're just doing, you know, a TikTok brush the grass. Um, so uh, having yep. them help me. So I'll, I'll remind them on that. But um, I'm starting a new four-week series this week, and we'll do putting the first day, chipping the second, full swing with water balloons and big balls, and then Sammy the shark on the last day with birdie balls. So that that social group is great. And then I have some spin-offs from there. Um, I think more of the spin-offs are the individual sessions, like grandparents have a kid visiting, and they want to bring their grandchild in for introduction to golf. And um I think those are the individual lessons. So I'll never forget I had a member at the landings, a family there, and 
he wanted to introduce his grandson to golf at age four, and he had worked with a very famous um, instructor on his end. And when um, his grandson came to take the lesson, he had his camera, his with the zoom lens, and he was there taking pictures, and he actually teared up. It was it was cool because he, mm-hmm. he was able to give his grandchild that opportunity, you know, to to learn golf. So I think the one-offs are about um, the family sharing their love and seeing if there's an interest. And um, I have mm-hmm. a, a very cool story. Um, I share this in the national mm-hmm. summits, but had an 18 month old, um, didn't say one word to me the whole lesson, but copied pretty much everything I did. Maybe we did four or five bunker shots and hit a couple of big shots. And the grandmother wrote me an email with some video clips that she said, you know, the rest of the day he came home and all he was saying was Coach Cole, two hands on club, um, you know, <laughs> so he was, he was using the words and then she was reading him right. um, his time story that night. And he put he pushed the book away and he pointed to her husband's uh, night table and he said read and it turned out to be a copy of Golf Digest and he saw the picture of the golfer oh, wow. on there and he said every night after that we just read Golf Digest and so you never know wow. you know what you think they soak up so I think individual sessions are great I'm not going to do a weekly mm-hmm. session with a three year old you know sure. but no. peppering some sessions in I would do putting chipping. Um, get them out on the course, you know, show them how to use a ball washer when they get back in style. And, you know, have, I have tiny rakes, um, put the ball in the hole from two feet away, just showing them where the game is. It's, I think it's great. Well, and, and you mentioned earlier, Nicole, about, um, you know, especially younger kids needing, I mean, we all do, but uh, particularly the little ones need a variety. Um, you know, obviously they're, they're learning the game uh, and some level, but, um they have to have a variety in activities. And, and typically, you know, we often hear as adults, you know, when people say, well, how long should I be practicing this or how long should I be working on this part of my game? It's entirely different when you're dealing with this age group and that. Uh, you can't just say, well, we're going to do this for five minutes because they may not last five minutes. So how do you decide, uh, do you sort of go until they uh, waver and, and, you know, go in a different direction is that how you sort of gauge if you're with somebody for let's say 15 or 20 minutes a youngster like you you've mentioned here uh, a moment ago what typically is the format how do you put it together do you just come up with some ideas that you want to start with and see how it flows Um, how do you sort of put your your one-on-one time with some of the kids together so that's good. That's a really good question because you're right. I mean, it could be two minutes. Um, and I've had some, I have a youngster that was very firm a couple of weeks ago. He was like, I'm done. And, you know, I tried. I'm like, well, how about if we do this? He's like, I'm done. And so I looked at the mom and dad yeah. and they're like, he's done. So, and then others were like, oh, yeah. I don't want to go home. And then they cry. So you have to kind of yeah. check out their, their attention span. But I have little cards I use. And so like I'll have a two to three year old card and we have six little tasks to do on it. And uh, when they finish a task, then they get the sticker next to it. And they help me put the sticker on. And so they aren't really focused on it a lot, but, you know, some of them are like, I want to get right. the next sticker, especially as they get four- and five-year-olds. So, And then I have the second mm-hmm. card for two- to five-year-olds and the third card for four- to five more advanced. So I'll look at what they need to do, um, what we have on the card, and I'll ask, you know, is there something really big and fun you want to do today? And if they want to do some full swing, we'll do that. Um, if not, then I'll pick something to do. But like uh, earlier this week, I had a session with a four-year-old, and his attention span, we went in the bunker. Um, it took me about five minutes to get him to hit his first shot uh, because he wanted to clean his club off in the puddle, 
and he wanted to mm-hmm. draw in the sand. And, you know, at that point, it's like, let's let him get used to it, and then we'll go from there. So I, I'm on his attention level. That's why I like the one-on-one, because I could do that with some kids. Right. And, and I, like, I like giving them the chance to explore and then redirect. And so I think in challenging them and, you know, going, you know what, I don't know if you could get a golf ball out here by in 10 seconds, you know, or, you know, the racing with them or counting down and, mm. and most of the time they'll, they'll engage in that. Sometimes they won't. And then, you know, it's time to move on. So. Do you have, I mean, obviously you've been doing this for, for quite some time. So you have a, a sort of a repertoire, if you will, of things that you know have, have sort of tried and true methods that have worked for you and been successful. Do you have sort of a game plan when you first come out with that particular youngster and say, okay, we're going to start here uh, and then kind of see where it goes and and then shift on the fly? Or do you go to them first and say, okay, what is it you want to do? How do you begin, let's say, a session, uh, and you can pick any age, but how do you begin? Mm -hmm. Is it, you know, is it to kind of, do you sort of test the waters with a few things to see how they are re- whether they're receptive to it or not, and then shift. Um, what what's sort of the the plan that you come up with uh, to sort of start things off, with, especially somebody new for the first time? Good question. So especially if they're coming for a one-off lesson because they're only in town <clears throat> visiting, then it might be more of some entertainment, um, a little bit of putting, a little bit of hitting. Um, if they're if they live here and they want to get going, then I'll probably have a little program. So first I look, you know, are they coming in with clubs? Because if a three-year-old proudly mm-hmm. marches in with his clubs, you know he's pretty serious. He's got his clubs, and we have to check if they're the right, right length. And, you know, so if they have clubs, that gives me a little bit of an idea. And if I ask them what their clubs are and they can tell me every club, then I know they're ready to go. Um, but And then what I'll do is ask, is there something you'd like to do? And usually it's um, <laughs> one little three-year-old goes, I'd like <laughs> to hit the big dog today. And I said, okay, so we're going to go work on some, <laughs> some big shots. So, and, uh, but a lot of times, like, like with my adult schools too, um, like if I do a Learn Golf in One Day program, I like to start small and build. I find that people do a great job going from a small to big swing instead of a big to small mm-hmm. swing. So I'll do putting, um, a little easier to set up some of the activities and, and work with a smaller swing. Although, you know, two and three and even four-year-olds, their motor skills aren't developed yet. So some of them may take a big swing right. on the green and make it a divot. Now we've got a chance to talk about fixing the boo-boos on the green. Um, but, right. you know, I, I'll usually start small and work up unless they're into golf and they want to hit some bigger shots. So, How do you switch from, uh, you know, because you're, you're kind of with students, you're, you're potentially all over the place. I mean, you might have an 18-month-year-old uh, at this point, then you might be, uh, you know, your next session might be with a four-year-old or a five-year-old and so forth. You've obviously got to switch your hat many times, I'm sure, through the day. How do you, from a personal standpoint, how do you cope with that? Because, again, you're, you're, you're meeting them at their level. So it's not a matter of, okay, well, we're going to do this, and the next person comes, they're going to do the same thing. and Because you can't do that if you've got such a diversity uh, in age groups and that. So how do, you, you know, how do you organize your time, I guess, is the way? Do you sort of work with younger students um, you know, for the first little bit so that you kind of keep it going? Or are you hopping all over the place in a sense where one minute you're working with the 18-month-old, the next minute it's the four-year-old, then it's the 12-year-old, and so on and so forth? How do you put that together? Well, if if it's um, – and I, I don't know if it's much different than somebody going through 10 lessons a day on the lesson tee with adults. So you might have a 
75-year-old woman who just wants to learn golf to be with friends and family. And then the next session is a 12 handicap who's competing in the, in the club championship. So I think even as, as all coaches will have from one lesson to another, it's not like this is going to be beginner golf day. And then the next day is going to be right. like competitive players. So I think it's every person's individual. And I, I look forward to it. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, I've got a two to three-year-old lesson. Um, and then, okay, I've got a five-year-old coming in. Let's see where he is on his chart. So I think it's just addressing what each person needs. I don't, I've never really had to think about switching or um, getting ready. I like being ready to know, like, I'll, if I have six lessons in a day or three, whatever, I want to go look um, and, and get all their sheets out and look at the notes and see what we can do. So the more prepared I am, the better chance I have of at least coming up with a plan A, because we know with two to five people, mm-hmm. you need to have a plan B and C ready as well and, and shift a little bit. So. Um, but most of our golf schools with the academy, you know, they we were there early setting up, and, the, and they run eight to three on the uh, fuller days, and then mm-hmm. I have a, a couple lessons I can do in the afternoon after that. So it's um, just uh, there's a lot of different um, compartmentalizations during the day, so to speak. But I don't know, it's just bouncing back and forth with um, different levels, different people, and uh, it's just a, a fresh uh, a fresh visit every session. I love that. Yeah, and that keeps it fun for you. I mean, obviously, um, Mm -hmm. you know, when you have such a mixture and a diversity of of students coming in like that, uh, and especially with with youngsters, um, you know, it it, I'm sure can be at times very entertaining for you as well, Um, you know, watching them, you know, (laughs) I'm sure that alone would be a a good book that you could probably follow up uh, with with next is some of the other experiences that you've had along the way, because I'm sure it's, again, a lot of fun. Um, but, um, Nicole, I want to, I want to wrap up as we get close. Uh, it, it's hard to believe that, uh, it, it's been uh, just about an hour here already. Um, but, uh, I want to, before we give them the information on the website and that maybe again, just talk about where, uh, your new book, um, can be purchased, uh, where it's available and, um, how they can go about getting it. And then also, uh, you mentioned about the videos and obviously the, uh, uh audio clips as well, how they can go about, uh, downloading those. Sure, that, that is all super easy. Um, my website, NicoleWeller.com, has a store and product page. And uh, you'll see on there, um, there's some information about everything, but also where to purchase. So everything is listed directly there. So I do all the sales of my flashcards, um, but there's listed and links directly into where you can get the books on Amazon, uh, Barnes & Noble, Bookshop.org. It's, it's all listed on there with the links. And the songs have a tab, too. So if you go to Stores and Products, there's a children's song tab. And you can look at the videos, and then you can purchase those. They're just $0.99 cents to purchase. And then I will email you the file um, after that. So everything is listed under that part of my website. Fantastic. Um, what's next? For Nicole Weller, what's uh, are you working on something else now that uh, uh, maybe another book or or what have you that uh, you're thinking about? Ah, uh, you know, I've had a student ask me. He's looking to write a book, and so I may collaborate a little with him on that. That was kind of a cool thing you mentioned to me. So um, I, I'll see what that's about. Um, at the moment. Um, Nothing off the top of my head. I'm doing some fun things at the at the resort with uh, some teaching, and uh, it's been nice to team up with the with the group there. So uh, I'll let you know you'll be one of the first to know, Ted, when I have something up my sleeve. I appreciate that. Um, 
lots of good stuff, Nicole, that you're doing. As always, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. And again, go to NicoleWeller.com. All of the resources are available there, and you can uh, reach out. Her contact information is there as well. But, um, Nicole, much continued success. You do a great job uh, in really introducing this game. You obviously uh, teach at all levels, but uh, you really do a fantastic job at introducing some youngsters to the game. And uh, some of them may be future tour players down the road, and others just may develop um, a love for the game and just have a good time. And maybe at some point down the road when they have uh, children and grandchildren, they'll want to pass that legacy on as well. So you're doing a great job, Nicole, as always. Uh, much continued success, and you are always uh, have a home here on Golf Talk Live. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Ted. And I, I so appreciate you letting me share my story and things that have, have been going on. So that's very special to me, and I will enjoy our next chat. So hope to run into you personally at some point here soon. Well, I'm hoping that the, the PGA show, I don't know if you're going to be down there, but we'll see what's going to happen this year. Uh, last year, of course, it was virtual. Um, supposedly this mm-hmm. year coming up in January, uh, it's going to be somewhat, it won't be completely, but somewhat back to uh, uh, to uh, a little bit more of a norm, normal uh, presentation. Mm-hmm. So if so, uh, I plan on going and, and perhaps uh, we'll, we'll uh, connect there. But Nicole, again, always thank you very much. Uh, much continued success. God bless for all that you do. And uh, definitely come back anytime you want. Thank you, Ted. Will do. All right. Have a great night. All right. That was my very special guest, uh, PGA and LPJ teach professional Nicole Weller. You can find her uh, on NicoleWeller.com, and Weller is spelt W-E-L-L-E-R. Uh, you can go there and, again, check out all the resources uh, that she has available. You can uh, find out where to get her latest book, Big Thoughts from Little Golfers. Uh, it's on there as well. And you can also get her previously book, uh, published books, uh, Let's Play Golf, and also Match Play Golf uh, is also available on uh, her website as well. You can find out where to get them um, uh, on NicoleWeller.com. Uh, all of our social media links, uh, you can connect with her there as well. A um, lot of great stuff. I appreciate all that she does, as I mentioned, and I look forward to seeing uh, her next uh, collaboration, if you will. It might be with this young golfer that she talked about. be interesting to see, but uh, does a lot of great work, and uh, I appreciate it as well. And this was, a, again, a special edition of Golf Talk Live. We gave the Coach's Corner uh, guys and gals a break this week, uh, but they'll be back next week with a fresh new panel Uh, We'll have a great discussion and another uh, insightful interview guest, so I hope you'll tune in. But God bless everybody. Have a great weekend, and I'll see you next time right here on Golf Talk Live. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this week's broadcast of Golf Talk Live. Ted would like to thank this evening's special guest for joining him on the show. Remember to join Ted every Thursday from 6 to 8 p.m. Central on Golf Talk Live. You can also listen to Golf Talk Live on any of these social media platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, TalkStream Live, and of course Spotify. Be sure to follow Ted on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you're interested in being a guest on the show, send an email to Ted at ted.golftalklive at gmail.com. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network. 